You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Troy, Coach, we've been in this place a lot of times, man. Mm-hmm. Ain't afraid of no towels now. <laughs> oh, mama. I guess I got to know. How do we feel about coming here to Pittsburgh and getting a dub? Oh! Does that sound like a team that is disappointed that they won a football game and may have adversely affected the draft position of next year's version of the team? I don't think so. And I'm not, it's a little too late and I don't have enough energy to give you a big, oh no audience, but you know how we feel and how we'd react. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show in the third and final hour here tonight. A little bit after 1 a.m. We're with you till 2 a.m. at which point we'll put on something else but right now we are recapping reviewing and reacting to the Patriots 21 to 18 win against the Steelers tonight from what used to be known as Heinz Field uh in the first half it looked like Bailey Zappi was going to blow it up just like Bain did in the dark night rises then in the second half things got weird but ultimately they pull out the W and here right now to help us sort of sift through the weird if you will and let's get a feel for his reaction to it joining us on the Harbor One Hotline it is now our beat reporter once again. He is not the beatdown reporter because it is not a loss. And also, uh, Mike Catholic joins us here it's, uh, with Fitzy and Lions. Mike, now we can return the name of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast to Six Rings because earlier this week on the Rich Keefe Show, a caller said, you guys need to change the podcast to the Six Points podcast until the Patriots score at least a <laughs> touchdown or more. And tonight they had 21 and a half. What, what was your immediate reaction to the first half point explosion, if you will, when the Pats offense just went off early? Yeah, I mean, it was it's crazy. The whole thing, it's weird. Like, again, me, me you and uh, me, you and Andy Fitzy have been on this this uh, this post game show the last five, six weeks, what have you. And it's felt like Groundhog's Day. Same conversation, same thing. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, Andy's gone. We got John Lyons on here, and the Pats are getting wins. And all of a sudden, we're we're looking at playoffs, uh-huh. and we don't need to talk about uh, <laughs> we don't need to talk about the draft road anymore. Good stuff, John. Welcome on. But uh, no, I mean, look, it was just trying to do uh, my job, Mike. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Um, 
But no, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know what to make of it, to be frank. I, I did not think this game was going to go any way like it did tonight for the Patriots. Um, they'd just been so down down in the dumps the last few weeks, you know, couldn't get anything going on offense. Defense was playing lights out. And then um, I kind of thought that this would just be, you know, another one of those losses, a game where they don't put up points. And I figured at some point the Patriots' defense would sort of, you know, start to let up having uh, having had to, you know, put up, put up a fight, put up, put up the fight for the team every single week with, you know, to no avail. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't see it coming. Zappi looked awesome. He, you know, he really did. He had a great first half. He slowed down just like the whole offense did in the second half. But I mean, they did enough in that first half to kind of give themselves some leeway against Mitch Trubisky, who looked awful in this one. So um, it, it goes to show really that, you know, there were people uh, in this town, obviously myself included, that had a ton of confidence in this team uh, going into this season. I'm not saying that, you know, they they could have done it one way or the other. Like, it, it didn't work out this season. You know, we are, the season's still all but over. But, you know, it goes to show that, you know, every so often they can get it done and that they do have some talent on this team. And, uh, you know, one or, one or two things go a different way a few other times, and they might have a couple other wins on their plate as well. So uh, it was a good, good win, good for them to see. It stinks with the draft order. But, you know, overall, uh, you know, a good one for the Patriots tonight. Mike, you mentioned a lot of people had higher expectations for this team, and I think Bill O'Brien's addition was a big part of that, and a potentially rejuvenated Mac Jones was a part of that, You know what we saw in August. What we saw in the first half tonight with the Patriots moving the ball down the field, they had a 75-yard touchdown drive, a 59-yard touchdown drive, and then, of course, the 11-yard short touchdown drive after the interception. Is What we saw in that first half, is that kind of what – you envisioned this offense was going to be all along and it just kind of took us this long to get there? 100%. I mean, I, I wrote about it actually at, you know, post-game on WEI.com. It was one of my, one of my five immediate thoughts was when, um, you know, this, when I was so bullish on this team this preseason and, you know, the, about the acquisition, one of them was about Juju Smith-Schuster. What Juju did tonight was what I was talking about all summer. He only had four catches, but he had 90 yards. He had some run after the catch. Uh, he obviously had the nice jump ball grab on the first drive. He looked like a guy who, you know, could be the focal point or at least the second guy in an offense mm-hmm. tonight. And, you know, he, he had a great day, and that's the kind of stuff that I was talking about this summer. And you mentioned it too, John, like capitalizing off a turnover. Jabril Peppers and Kyle Duggar work together and get the interception off Trubisky. They go down, bing, bang, boom, touchdown, 11 yards, two, three plays, whatever it was. Uh, and then Hunter Henry blows out the birthday candles on his football cake. And so uh, that, that is, that's exactly what it was. And it obviously didn't work. It didn't click, but um, t- tonight it did. And yes, to, long story short, especially specifically what I saw from Juju's tonight was what I was expecting from this team from the start. So Mike, and this is Mike Cadillac from WE.com joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, we found out uh, when the inactives were announced an hour and a half before kickoff <clears throat> that not only were they not going into the game with Pop Douglas, who missed his second straight game due to concussion, and I'm glad they're, uh, I'm not sure exactly personally how he's doing, but I'm glad they're taking a more cautious approach with For him sure, since yeah. that's his second time in the protocol this uh, this year. No Kayshawn Booty as well. Uh, and then we found out Devontae Parker's knee was acting up on him, and of course that guy, if he plays 11, 12 games a year, it's a miracle. So they went into it with yeah. Rager, Tyquan Thornton, and Juju. And Juju, like you said, did look a little quicker tonight, did look like he had some compete, was definitely tougher. But 
Was this a case on offense, maybe, of a little addition by subtraction by taking out Mr. 50-50 or 80-20, whatever you want to call him, and then just focusing on, you know, uh, just a couple of guys and not expanding the portfolio too much for Bailey Zappi, who had obviously great red zone report tonight Mm -hmm. with Hunter Henry. Looked like he had a thing going with Zeke and then obviously something going with Juju as well. Yeah, um, I, I guess like I, I, w- I would think that you know when when you don't have all your weapons, you at least go into get, go into it of a mindset of, of like anyone can get the ball at any point; it doesn't matter. And I know that they talked about the game after the game. Henry and Zappy both said that you know they really liked their matchups against this team, and that's kind of the that's kind of O'Brien's whole thing: is line up, pre-snap, take a look, find your mismatch, what, what have you. Um, so, I mean, a little bit, I think that Zappi probably had a little bit more confidence to just say, look, this is where we're going to go with the ball no matter what. I don't have to find this guy, that guy, the other thing. Um, but, uh, look, I'm not going to – I don't think, like, taking Parker out of the game necessarily helps you. Like, I don't think on the field it's a detriment. But um, I just think, you know, overall mindset, it's like, well, this is who we have and this is who we're rolling with. We don't have our top guys, so – Let's just go out and do it, and that's exactly what they did. They did it. Um, but I do think, though, like Parker's, you know, better games over the last couple of seasons have actually been uh, with Zappy in the game. I know last week wasn't. I think he was their leading receiver last week, but he still wasn't great. But um, I, I, to your point, I do think that you know there was a, a sort of a mindset shift. Like, okay, it's us against the us against the world here. Nobody expects us to win. Lowest point total in NFL history. Six point dogs against. You know, a team that just lost to the two and ten Cardinals last week. Let's just go out and ball, and again, that's what they did. So, yeah, I think that could that sort of probably crept in a little bit as well. Mike, I want to shift gears here to the special teams because you know we had a couple weeks ago Chad Ryland misses a kick that would have tied a game against the New York Giants. Then yep. this week we have Ty, Ty Montgomery gets smoked on a block, punt gets blocked, leads to a touchdown for the Steelers. And then you have a couple touchbacks you know, at inopportune times. And then the Jelani Tavai offsides that should have been but was called a false start and a mm-hmm. gift of a call for the Patriots. I mean, this is a team that has a chunk of their roster dedicated to special teams. They have two special teams coordinator level level coaches in Cam McCord and Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is it, Mike? that multiple times this season and a bunch of times last season, and even going back to 2021, why does the special teams unit consistently find ways to make big mistakes in games? I mean, it's a great question, John, and you're right. Like, If I had the answer, I would tell you, and if they had the answer, I think they would probably try and fix it. But it's just, I don't know what it is, but you're right. The last few seasons, it's been abysmal, and you know, you say, right, like two guys in Judge and Cam Accord who um, have been, you know, high level. They've, they've both held the title of special teams coordinator in the past. Joe Judge uh, got a head coaching job out of the job he did as a special teams coordinator here. Even tonight, Brendan Schooler, like an unnecessary roughness. He's had a couple yep, of those. That's another good it's one. Just like, yeah, just keep just keep your head on straight. He and, was such you know, a harder, though. Excuse me for jumping in, though, but yeah, he, was he was such a, no, like, dude. Good walking around shirtless in the stadium before the game. Yeah. Like, he was looking for that. You could just tell he walked into the bar looking for a fight tonight. He's he's on his high horse, I think, because Texas got in the playoff, and he's all, he's all hyped up about <laughs> Good that. Point. So I think he's taken that momentum, too, this week. But, no, you're, yeah, John, you're, I, I don't know what it is. I saw a stat uh, from Chris Mason from Mass Live. The Patriots, from, like, 2000 to 2020, had five punts blocked against them. 
And from 2000 to 2023, the last three seasons, they've had five or four, whatever it was. They're very close. Yeah, I think they had uh, tonight was their fifth in the last three years. Yeah, mind blowing that it was like four in the last 15, 20. So it's just it is it's mind blowing. It's it's something that, you know, Belichick always prides himself on the three units. You know, everything's equal. We we pride ourselves everywhere. You mentioned it, too. You know, a a chunk of the roster in not just a kicker, punter and a holder. But, you know, they have Chris Board and Brendan Schooler and Matthew Slater, like guys who are supposed to be, you know, elite level special teamers. And they still can't keep their units straight. So it almost cost them tonight. Um, luckily it didn't, uh, it was going to be one of my five points. If they did pull out the losses that the special teams, uh, you know, did, you know, didn't help them win the game, but you know, ultimately they got it done on the other phases of the ball. But yeah, it's something they need to tighten up because, uh, going into next season, you know, when you're, you're going to have a little bit more hopes around here, potentially a quarterback. And, you know, if they go new coach or what have you, you're, you're going to want to have that tightened up by next season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going into next season or any of the rest of these games, you're going to want to keep your units straight. So Sorry. I needed one slight immature laugh. It's, it's 1 p.m. Fitzy. Here we it's, go. <laughs> wait, safe harbor. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Don't worry. It's after midnight. It's okay. No one cares. Uh, hey, listen, real quick. I just wanted to get uh, sort of like touch on one thing that you posted at dot com and then uh, tie that yeah. into a wrap up question uh, as to something that's going on this weekend as well. So uh, you guys can read Mike's five immediate thoughts from the Patriots win against the Steelers and. Uh, if anything, we're going to get it later. We'll check out Andy Hart's uh, thumbs up and thumbs down, and we'll have John Lyons do a compare and contrast with that as well. I think Mitch Trubisky should probably be right beneath Bailey Zappi and Hunter Henry on anyone's thumbs up list because, my God, that guy was just ghastly tonight. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you just can't stress how important the quarterback position is because Bailey Zappi balled out in the first half, and it was just enough for the Pats to win. Uh, you put up a little piece on... Patriots players reacting to confident Bailey Zappi's performance in the win versus the Steelers. So I want to ask you, uh, do you think Bailey Zappi, if he continues to play, he's obviously not going to play over the final four games like he did so insanely good in that first half. But do you think if he plays well enough the remainder of the way, can he sort of be part of the room going forward next year? And the sub question or the and one on that one is, who do you got for the uh, Who do you got for the Heisman on Saturday night? And has your mm-hmm. has your dream pick in the draft next year changed? Uh, all right, let's let's go one by one here. So first off, Bailey Zappi, uh, he can play himself into next season's room. I think. Um, you know, I, what I wrote about. You know, everyone's sort of backing him, saying he's confident, calm, cool, collected, what have you. Um, and they all say that about Mac too. I mean, they they all tell the company line when they talk to the media. But I mean, there's something about Bailey Zappi and. I've he's sort of and I know it was only you know not even 60 minutes 30 minutes of football and you know maybe it's reactionary for me but he kind of showed me something tonight just like I said earlier back against the wall nobody believing in you everybody doubting you you come out and you throw three touchdowns on our head and you start screaming and doing you know zip zap motions and like there's something to that I think you know I think what he did tonight you know showed that he he's resilient and uh you know he's got a something in the tank i'm i'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to be their starter next season by any means um but yeah he, he he showed he showed something today that you know can give you some juice moving forward whether it be a bridge a bridge quarterback a backup mm-hmm. quarterback you know someone to keep in the room that you know hasn't been completely broken by what's around him like mac jones um and good for mac jones too i saw something from dakota randall at Nesson. he he said that uh he was down there in pittsburgh and 
you know, he tweeted that Mac, uh, for what it's worth, and I like this stuff. Some people think it's stupid, but you know, gave him a gave him a fist bump in the locker room. Said, you know, good game, good job. And you know, it's it's probably tough for Mac to see what's going on right now too. Um, but you know, back to that, ba- Bailey Bailey's got you know got everyone confident right now after a win. Uh, as far as the Heisman, uh, I'm going to go with Jaden Daniels from LSU. I think he's going to run away with it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I bet him at uh, plus three fifty, so I got some good odds on nice. that. So I hope that, uh, yeah, so I hope that that rolls through. Uh, I think just like, you know, I think it's him, Penix, and Bo Nix, uh, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. too. Uh, at this point, I think Daniels is most deserving. The two Pac-12 guys fought it out last week, and you know, kind of broke both of their chances. And you, you never see a wide receiver win anymore. So I'm going with Jaden Daniels, my dream quarterback. They're not going to get Caleb Williams anymore. I think they're pretty much out of the number one overall pick slot. Which yeah, is tough sounds like Chicago like is here. in now on a draft pick, Mike, yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's looking like it's probably going to be Caleb to Chicago. Um, look, I like Jaden Daniels. I'm going to keep with my Heisman pick. I think you know if you end up with the second, third overall pick, you probably should go with Drake May at number two. But if you get to three or you could trade back or take Harrison and then take Daniels later or what have you, uh, Jaden Daniels is a really good player. He's he's a little skinny, but you know he can run, he can throw. He's older, so he has some experience in an offense and can kind of you know bring a little bit excuse me a little bit of maturity to a room. So uh, if you can get your hands on LSU's Jaden Daniels, I, I I wouldn't hate that next season. But long way to go. Three and ten, looking like they have some confidence now. So they might end up with you know the fifth or sixth pick when this thing's all said and done. If you know something else, something crazy happens over these next four games. Uh, this is Mike Cadlick from WEI.com joining us on the Harbor One Hotline with some thoughts after tonight's big win for the Patriots in Pittsburgh. How this win affects the team going forward the remainder of this season and next year as well. Does it give them some confidence? Does it set them back in their pursuit of a player in the 2024 draft? We shall see. And of course, Mike will be on top of it just like he is all other matters pertaining to the Patriots and everything in Patriots Nation. Mike, go get some sleep. Great job tonight. I uh, look forward to talking to you soon, and I'll catch up with you down in Foxborough this weekend for all the Army-Navy yes, festivities. You're going to love it. It's going to be good stuff. See you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, John. Good stuff coming on and uh, getting the Patriots to win tonight. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night, guys. Just doing my job. Just doing his job. And right there, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why the Patriots won tonight. John Lyons filling in for Andy Hart here on the Six Rings postgame show. 617-779-7937. If you are a night owl and you're up and you want to talk some pats, we're here for you till 2 a.m. And to catch you up on everything else trending in the wide world of sports right now, here's producer Joe Braverman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy, throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown, whoa. So Henry, who scored the prior touchdown, went into the medical tent for just a moment, comes back and scores again. How about this throw by the kid? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Casey's playing half field. Usually you can't make this throw with the safety sitting back there. 
That may have been the most animated I have heard Kirk, Her- Kirk Herb Street and Al Michaels all season long on Thursday Night Football. Now, part yeah, of that may have... Can we it for finally giving them a good game to commenta- commentate on? Yeah. They did have a good about- one last week with Dallas and Seattle. That was good. That was a fun Before that, was a good that though, yeah, it's, it's tough Rough for me season. to think of a good game. I mean, Al yeah, Michaels probably just happy he has weekends off now. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, and he was, maybe some of it had to do with the fact that the game was fun for a while. Maybe How about this throw by the kid? How about this throw? Herb Street was positively orgasmic on that one as well. I mean, here I was thinking that the best thing we could have gleaned from tonight's game would have been some college scouting and ranking and uh, information from Kirk Herb Street as it pertains to draft picks he may have seen play this year or college kids that he may have seen play this year and how the Patriots may stack up against drafting him next year. But instead, they actually had a fun game for a while to comment on. That definitely was the most excited I have heard them this year. That was the third touchdown. The second one to Hunter Henry. Have a birthday. Way to turn 29, big guys. The Pats win 21-18 in Pittsburgh tonight. Um, How much, so John, if you had to do like a little... um, Blame pie uh, here. We got a million different questions and a million topics and only 20 plus minutes here to uh, wrap everything up. What would you say tonight was in terms of Patriots getting the win or taking it versus Pittsburgh kind of spitting the bit? So I would put it at like 60-40, the Patriots went out and took it. They were more ready to go. They came out. They were aggressive. And I think you made a good point or you and Mike Hadlick together made a good point about how on Jabril Peppers' interception, like it was a really good play call, and Kyle Duggar created pressure. Peppers made the nice play on the interception. Like, Mm -hmm. the Patriots made some real plays. I even go to Zeke Elliott's hustle chase down tackle on Bailey Zappi's interception. I mean, that's a good hustle play that prevented a pick six. You know, made a big difference in the game. So the Patriots made a lot of plays. But the Steelers, they felt pretty flat early in that game, and then it felt like they did not really get going until they scored that first touchdown late in the second quarter. And after that, they were better, but then they still made some boneheaded decisions down the stretch. I still don't understand that fourth and two play call and deep throw with Mitch Trubisky. Oof. Like, I, I just, I, I don't get that. So I, I would say 60-40 Patriots win to Steelers lose. That's about where I would have put it as well, because the Steelers really... You know, didn't look like they had the energy on defense. They got caught off guard as well. Offense opened up kind of slowly. They needed the Patriots to make mistakes. They only really made one or two late in the game, which kind of got the Steelers back into the fold as well. Uh, But, of course, at the same time, the Pats did earn some of that as well. I mean, what was it now? Zappi, according to Andrew Callahan, he matched Mac Jones on deep completions this season with 287 fewer dropbacks as well. They were aggressive early. They made the connections. Juju showed up to play in his old house as well. Uh, yeah, so the I would say about 60-40. I was almost going to go two-thirds, one-third, but 60-40 seems like a pretty fair shake. Uh, before we get into any sort of draft talk as well, um, you know, what to make of, you know, what does what what for Mac Jones the rest of the season? Like, what are the prospects for Mac Jones both with the Patriots and in the NFL? I mean, I think this... We, we brought it up before. We just asked Mike Cadlick about it as well. It looks like the way that Bailey Zappi is playing now, I can't tell you he's going to be the bridge quarterback next year, but it looks like he will probably have a spot on this team. I don't think Mac Jones is going to. So what becomes of Mac Jones? Like Bailey Zappi playing this well tonight. I saw a lot of people commenting also uh, that he has a lot of fire 
like, you know, players commenting on his confidence, the good energy they got off of him. You can kind of read into that, John, that that maybe says vis-a-vis, you know, Reed, Mac Jones doesn't have that and they don't get that off of Mac. So what for Mac Jones in your eyes the rest of the season uh, and next year in the NFL are on the Pats? Yeah, so I would say barring injury, he doesn't take a snap the rest of the year for the Patriots. I think it's Bailey Zappi and maybe a sprinkle here and there of Malik Cunningham. But I think unless Zappi gets injured, I don't see Mac taking a snap for the Patriots the rest of the season. And I think in the offseason, part of it will depend on draft position. But I would not be surprised if when the new league year starts, he gets released or maybe traded for like some conditional sixth or seventh round pick, something like that, and goes to a totally new situation that's, you know, totally new system, nothing familiar with New England at all and has an opportunity to compete there. But I just as bad as things have been the last two years, because remember last year he put up some decent numbers, but his interceptions went up. He had multiple outbursts towards the coaching staff on national TV, which you know rubbed everyone in the organization the wrong way. And then you saw the catastrophic mistakes that he made this year. I mean, the, the offense under Mac Jones, Fitzy gave up 31 points this year on pick sixes, fumble recoveries, the safety against the Raiders. I mean, they allowed 31 points on their own, the offense under Mac Jones, which is pretty bad. So we saw all that, and I think from Mac's perspective, he probably looks at it like, wow, you gave me Patricia and Judge last year. This year you give me a real OC, but there's no talent around me. I'm getting killed almost every snap by my offensive line or let down by a bunch of drops. So he probably doesn't want to be here after this year anyway. And and, and to be honest with you, I don't blame him. I, I think it's just one of those where both sides are going to go their separate ways, and it's probably the best thing. I think I think it is. Uh, now, as far as as coach and team, I think that's going to be a different equation as well, and that's going to be one of the storylines that's going to bear intense watching and scrutiny over the the final four weeks and the final four games. Like, if the team continues to compete at the highest level possible. Hey, you know, I, I I don't know. Belichick will be, that's the best case that he can state. I don't know how ownership feels now. I certainly can only imagine, like anyone probably can, that they've been extremely unhappy over the empty seats and the negative press and getting flexed out of Monday Night Football when the Times person of the year likely would have been attendance. Taylor Swift, who sold out three shows earlier this year and has an affinity for Gillette Stadium. Like, that's no good. That is absolutely no bueno whatsoever. But... You know, I I don't know. I mean, like, what if, let's say they win three of the final four games. Let's say they win two of the final four games, John, and they finish 5-12. and 12. Does that, which matches Bill Belichick's record, uh, sort of, while well, they were 5-11 and 11 in 2000, but it's kind of a match to his first year in Foxborough. Does that, the you know, do they just sit down and have a conversation, do we think? Do they, does that, is it just fairly well, Bill, and they've already made up their mind, or has got a chance to maybe stick around? Yeah, look, I think there's a real chance that Bill Belichick's the head coach of the Patriots again next year. Like, yeah. I think that's well within the realm of possibility. But what I think has to happen, Fitzy, is they sit down and they say, look, we are going to invest in the offense the same way, and I'm talking draft and free agency, that we've invested in the defense over the past four and a half, five years. And if you don't like that, then you're you're out of here. But if you can accept that and also accept someone else maybe taking the lead voice on those acquisitions, then I think he's back next year as the head coach. Because when you look at this roster, there's really only two instances in the last five years of them, or, or four years if you want, like from 2019 offseason now, of them really investing 
in the offense. Mm-hmm. One is Nikhil Harry in the first round, and the mm-hmm. other is the Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton first-round, second-round picks. And you can add in the Hunter Henry signing in free agency as well. But that's really, as far as legit investment and swings at it, and they haven't worked. Whereas if you look at defensively, right, we've seen high picks at all three levels of defense, especially defensive. Like they traded up for Christian Barmore. They picked Gonzalez. Kyle Duggar was their first pick. Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings were also picks that they really invested. I know those were later rounds, but guys they invested in. I mean, they bring back even like something like J.C. Jackson with all the receiver struggles they had this year. Like he was the guy they chose to bring back when he was available. Like So they've invested quite a bit in real resources in defense over the last four years. And what happened? The defense is pretty good. I think they're going to mandate that investment on offense if Bill is to return next year. And I think if he accepts that, it's a pretty good chance he's going to be back. They have tried to. I will say that they have tried to invest in the offense a couple of times over the last half decade. And the problem is they've just misallocated funds. They picked the wrong guys. They got behind the wrong horses. And they just kind of screwed it at 2018. Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle, neither player really works out long term. They're not, I'm, and people that try to sell me on the idea, like Sony Michelle won them a Super Bowl. A lot of people could have gotten behind that line. Yeah. That played I mean, he was good, game. but I he mean, was his, good, his but three like months elite? worth a first no. round pick, you know, hardly. Isaiah Wynn never really shook out. Obviously, misses a whole season. Injury riddled by the time he switches over to right tackle his final season. He's unhappy about that. Twenty nineteen, Nikhil Harry. Then they miss. Then Belichick spends all the money on Antonio Brown. They get burned for nine million. They get eleven days in one game and one touchdown. Yeah. Josh the Gordon round was brought pick back. For Sanu. Yep. The oh, jeez, God, I've even I I had blocked that one out. Good job remembering that <laughs> yeah. one as well. But, I, but I'm even he had a great like, first game, and then he got. But then he went back to catch a punt because yeah, they had no one the to Eagles. catch punts. Twisted his ankle, and he was never the same the rest of that year, John. And then, yeah, yeah 2020, the COVID year. I'm going to give him a flyer on that one. But 2021, the uncharacteristically aggressive spending spree in the draft. They got Hunter Henry. I mean, I still but think Kendrick Bourne has th- been good, like but that like, spending spree. The only truly good player they spent on on offense was Hunter Henry. Like, John U. Smith had a good year in Tennessee before he came, but had some questions. And I liked mm-hmm. him. I was wrong about him, I'll be honest. But was a not lot a of us hate thing. that L, yeah. And Nelson Aguilar, I think we knew the day they signed him, he was an overpay. So yep. it's like, post-Brady, they have been much better at investing higher resources on defense. And I think that's, that's the big change that needs to happen, is that investment needs to happen on offense. So are you, and I'll ask you this last question before we catch a break, and then uh, we'll come back for our final thoughts. Uh, the Cars for Kids player of the game, and we'll compare John's thumbs up and thumbs down to those published at WEI.com from Andy Hart. Uh, are you a, it's got to be quarterback first no matter what type of guy, or are you a, since I know you're like a football guy as well, and you care about the game and you know the sport and love it, so uh, would would you be okay if the Patriots, you know, maybe even traded back and built fundamentally and went like tackle and receiver or tight end and then grabbed a quarterback later in the first round or second round to develop over time. So if they're three overall, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. And normally in that spot, I would lean towards taking an offensive lineman, and I think that is a big need for them. I just Mm -hmm. think he's such a unique talent that I would take him there. If they're at five, six, or seven, I'm taking the best offensive tackle available. If they're in the top two, I probably do take a quarterback. The only except, like my dream scenario, Fitzy, is they mm-hmm. take Marvin Harrison Jr. at three and then trade back into the mid to late first round 
and get Jaden Daniels, and that's their quarterback of the future. So, By the I, way, it says Harrison here is, quote, undecided about entering the draft or not. Yeah, I don't get think. Out of him and Caleb Williams pay. and everyone, come on now. I know. That was out there today, but look, NIL, you can get a lot of money. I don't know if you can get enough money to turn down like a four-year, $24 million contract that the third overall pick would get. Yeah, I mean, he's going to go, at the latest, he's going to go third overall. Does he want to go, is it that important that yeah. he needs to go second or first? I mean, there's Did a he... sneaky chance he could go first overall. Like, if the Bears are like, hey, we're fine with Justin Fields. Yeah. The... like it's, But that's in play. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I it is. I, I, I mean... Would... Yeah, does I mean, does he not want to go back to Ohio State because, or, or does he want to because McCord now just en- entered the transfer portal? I mean, NIL money is good, but like you said, it's not as good as NFL money. Start the clock and start making that money because that second wide receiver contract, if he's anything like we think he can be at the pro level, whew, get me some of that. 617-779-7937 is the number. When we come back, it'll be our final thoughts. The Cars for Kids player of the game. Thumbs up and thumbs down, and we will put a bow on this one and send you gently into that good night and morning. It's Fitzy, it's Lions, it's Braverman, it's the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI. Just a couple minutes home, stretching it here on the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI with Fitzy and Lions filling in quite admirably for Andy Hart tonight. Here at Boston Sports Original. I don't know if he's filling in, though, because John isn't as negative as Andy right now. Well, he's taking the place of, you know, it's it's not like, yeah, it's a very different approach, if you will, from the, you know, if you were to go to the Broadway show and there would be like an insert in the pro in the playbill that says like the part of Andy Hart tonight will be played by John Lyons. Like it's not the same part. He's being his own man and his own fanalist, if you will. And we as he should as he should tell you what I see. That's exactly, all. he's calling you know, it like he sees it. Do my it, job. You know? Doing his day job. Day by day. Exactly. One step go, at a time. Let me just ask on, you this, John, before we move on. on. Would you say the truth is never mean? Uh, no, the truth can definitely be mean. Like, if the truth is somebody sucks and you tell them that they suck, that's still kind of mean. And it's still the truth, but, yeah. All right. T- taking notes for the uh, Six Rings postseason yeah. uh, get-together. But the truth Thanks is always much, important. Yeah. It's important, yes, yeah. exactly. Good way to look at and it. And it's always helpful, because if you do suck, you do need to know you suck. Yes, exactly. Uh, so other people have told us time and again around here. Yeah. All right. So uh, usually around this time in the program or at some point in the program, we go over Andy Hart's thumbs up and thumbs down. It's a column and a little piece that he puts up at WEI.com. It is up right now. But, John, before we get to Andy's, uh, let's hear. Let's see. Since you are in the two chair this evening, sir. Um who did you think merited consideration for thumbs up and thumbs down on the eve? So I have four thumbs up, three thumbs down. So Here for go. thumbs up, first yep. one, Jabril Peppers. He had an interception, three tackles. He was all over the place tonight. And Jabril Peppers is a guy. We had a caller mention him earlier. Did you know he's pro football focus's fourth highest graded safety in the entire NFL? Come and on now. In run defense, his 91.7 grade is the best in the NFL. So this dude has been playing awesome, and we've seen it with our eyes, but the numbers are bearing that out. This is a guy they want to keep around long term. I was going to say, sign that man to a lot. Whoever's striking the deals and uh, giving out the cash for next season and beyond, sign that man to a deal now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Number two for me, Jonathan Jones. He had six tackles tonight, was good in pass coverage. He had great coverage on that. You know, we talked about the boneheaded fourth and two deep pass, but Jonathan Jones had great coverage. And this is a guy that... You know, he's won two Super Bowls. He's been a great piece of their defense for years. And despite a bad season, week after week, he's showing up and playing really, really well. So he's my number two. 
Okay. Zeke Elliott, number three, 22 carries, 68 yards, seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He was awesome tonight. Also, good pass protector, as we know. Number four, uh, thumbs up for me, of course, the obvious, Bailey Zappi. 240 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Pretty solid game, great first half. I I think you could tell there was a palpable difference in the offensive energy with him in there. So that's my four. Thumbs up there for you, Fitzy. Pretty good. Uh, Excellent. Uh, Andy had on the night he had in his thumbs up column, Bailey Zappi, Zeke Elliott, Juju, who I think definitely could have merited consideration as well. Probably his best game to date as a Patriot, and it came in his own old stomping grounds. The run defense, Jabril Peppers, and Hunter Henry, the birthday boy, with his two touchdown catches as well. Um, Who merited consideration for a little thumbs-down action? So the first one, by far the first one, is the punt team. We saw Ty Montgomery get smoked on a block that led to a blocked punt. We also saw Brendan Schooler get a big penalty on punt coverage. I mean, this was just a – and Bryce Barringer had two touchbacks. One of them was when the Patriots are trying to really take advantage of field position and pin the Steelers deep. So the punt team, to me, really bad night for them pretty much for the entire game, highlighted by that blocked punt. Yep. Um, Andy had, um, he had, okay, yep, he definitely had them. Who else you got? I have J.C. Jackson next. He got Mm -hmm. smoked in coverage on the first Pittsburgh touchdown, and he had the defensive pass interference in the end zone to set up their second touchdown. So good night overall for the defense, not for J.C. Jackson. Last one for me, overall discipline. They had seven penalties tonight. Could have had eight if that Jelani Tavai on the uh, punt block was called correctly. Yeah, they uh, yeah they they really got to clean that up. The special teams ones are the are the biggest head scratchers as well. Maddening. It's just really weird for a team that invests so much and takes such pride and has multiple coaches out there as well. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me as well. Andy had uh, flags. All right, uh, the draft pick chances and Ty Montgomery in his thumbs down column you can read that at weei.com time now to wrap things up with the cars for kids player of the game of course it is brought to you by cars for kids if you donate your car today it can be picked up as soon as tomorrow go to cars for kids or call 187 cars for kids remember that's cars with a k i mean it's bailey zappy it has to be bailey zappy the quarterback provided the spark the energy the three touchdown passes yes he did have one interception but he was efficient he was energetic he was active and he immediately set a different tone from that big pass, the 37-yarder to Juju and beyond, the two touchdown passes to Hunter Henry. If the Patriots were able to get quarterback play like that all season long, we'd be singing a different song about a different team right now, John. But as we are wont to use many Belichick-isms, it is what it is, and it is his chance to earn the Cars for Kids player of the game honor. John, thank you so much for stepping in for an ill Andy Hart this evening and doing your job and doing a damn good one of it. Thank you very much, my friend. It was absolute pleasure, Fitzy. Hope we could do it again sometime. Myself as well. You can follow John on the platform formerly known as Twitter at the real John Lyons. That's J-O-N. Nice job as always, Joe Braverman. Absolute pleasure. And thank you guys, the Foxborough faithful and the Patriots people who sung with us all the way, who hung with us all the way till two in the morning. Final once again, Patriots 21, Steelers 18. The Pats move to 3-10 and 10 on the season. It's America's broadcast celebrating Army-Navy later on today at the Harp in Foxborough. And, of course, all the best Pats coverage here at WEI and WEI.com. Take care, everyone. To take me home.